Welcome to the Higher Estate. This is our first episode while the world burns. My name is Dr. Price. We're going to be talking about all things cannabis and the cannabis environment. I'm here because I'm tired. I'm tired of the misinformation. I'm tired of what our government has done or is doing. I'm tired of the misinformation in the medical community. And we're going to set things straight. And we're here to educate. And we're here for a real purpose. And that purpose is to explore the issues surrounding the medical application and the recreational application of cannabinoids in cannabis here in Canada. I'm an emergency physician by trade. I work out of Hamilton. And for the last 10 years, I've seen people coming in, overdosed on opioids, narcotics, seeking drugs, or severely intoxicated. And I'm frustrated. And there had to be another alternative. And to me, that alternative was cannabis. And that brings me to our first guest, who's Derek Pedro. Derek Pedro's been in this industry for now 25 years, I think. Yeah. And uh, and when I got into it five years or six years, seven years ago, I guess now, seven, yeah. I, was, uh, I was frustrated. And I was frustrated because I saw all those things. And so the first thing I did when I got into it, he was one of the first people I met. And I made them throw me this seminar. I knew about cannabis. We all know about cannabis, right? From when we were younger. But how do you bring it into the medical world? How do you find something that's not as addictive? And anybody that thinks it is more addictive can talk to me about it. There is a rate of addiction, but it's very low. The side effects are minimal. The applications are huge. So where do we go? So I went to Derek and, uh, and a couple other people. And Derek has been an advocate for cannabis He's been a master grower. He's also a patient. Is that okay if I say? Of course, a yeah. Uh, he's a patient. That's reality, yeah. And he's uh, and he's a good friend. So Derek, and we're going to talk about today where cannabis has been, why I don't use the word marijuana, or why I don't use the word weed, like the shit I pull out of the ground. Why I don't necessarily even maybe agree that we should be growing it ourselves. But we'll have that conversation and also where we are now and then possibly where we're going because the regulations have changed a hundred times am i right by saying that yeah and still changing and still changing and yeah. we're going through those things so derek hello hello what's nice going to, on thank you for having me here um patient since 2003 i suffer with um airlow stanlow's syndrome which is fairly rare it's a it's a um and it's a disease in which basically um, my ligaments are stretched. Uh, they're almost non-existent, although they're there. Had operations almost every joint now. And um, migraine, suffer, and um, just overall chronic pain. Uh, been licensed with Health Canada to grow cannabis uh, for myself since... 2003. So you mentioned that you're licensed with Health Canada. I don't think we know where what that even means. Okay, so... Oh, hold on, hold on. I want to go back to when you got into cannabis. Yeah. So when got into, into cannabis, cannabis? Sh just purely by accident. Um, I shouldn't say by accident. I used it as a medicine by accident. Got into cannabis just like most people do. do. most people use cannabis as... Even though they're recreational using it, if for recreational users, they're probably medicating for something, no? Maybe even preventative. All right. All right. <laughs> right. So, uh, Sorry, I interrupt not, all the time. That's okay. So here I am, a teenage 
You look teenage. Teenage kid back then, and uh, hanging out with my friends, and of course, teenagers want to do things that, of course, their parents don't want them to do. So cannabis was on the list, and uh, we tried it. At the same time, I'm living was living with a condition, and still am, uh, having migraines at least once a week, uh, at least two or three day uh, migraine headache. Uh, usually on the weekends or if I got excited. So how old were you? Uh, they started off around seven, eight years old, uh, uh, maybe even before that. So you're was, like 10 years out of that now. You're, you're 18. So. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> so uh, so what I noticed was uh, my headaches didn't come on like a switch. They would uh, they would start off with a little bit of pain, eye, light sensitivity. Um, and then, of course, I would progress over a 10, 12-hour stretch to the point where Basically, you'd have to get to a safe spot. You're incapacitated. You're pretty much seeing spots. You're in so much pain. So how old were you when you started using cannabis? Uh, so for a medicine, I started using it around the same time as I realized that, um, you know, that 10-hour stretch in which it would take to, to, to be a full-blown migraine um, I was hanging out with my friends. You don't want to tell me how old you were when you about, fucking started. About, about 15, 16. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. So you were young. Right. So I noticed that uh, it was a Friday. and uh, You we, remember the first time? Pretty much, yeah. See? We, we'd all hang out. Memory, and, not such an issue. Yeah. All right. So, uh, no, actually, I have a great memory, and I use cannabis every day. Uh, so basically, <laughs> I basically used it, and I did not get a full-on migraine headache that night, which really surprised the heck out of me. And... Uh, over the years, there was a correlation there. And, and you just got street cannabis. Pretty like, much. Right yeah. off the street. Pretty much. Uh, even at that time, it wasn't so much uh, cannabis as it was hashish, because here in southern Ontario, that was bigger than cannabis ever was till about the year 97, 98. So uh, cannabis was, uh, you wouldn't want to buy it. It came, it was a Mexican type of situation, imported, lots of seeds, very low uh, so we've potency. come a long way since then. Absolutely, domestic. So uh, you've been using cannabis since you were 15, 16. You started growing, I don't know, can I even say that shit? So yeah, we started growing, growing cannabis in, in high school. No, we didn't really. Yeah, we did. You we did. did. Yeah. But just playing around and putting uh, the yeah. odd one in the field here and there. Right. Keeping an eye on it. We were just kids. But at that time, I was already purchasing it, uh, already using it medicinally. Um so basically, that was it. That was really the first foray into understanding that it was actually more than just uh, about catching up. Getting or, high. Or yeah, recreational. Yeah. More than recreational at that point. Good. Right. So when did you join the first, I guess the the full, you know, cannabis has been around for thousands of years. We know cannabis has been, I mean, there's a neurologist who turned archaeologist about I don't know, seven, six, seven years ago. That's the tomb in China. Yeah, who found the tomb in China. And there was a pound of manicured cannabis yep. that was around for 3,500 years, right. still fully usable. Right. I mean, we did learn a lot about how to, uh, how to, how to store cannabis, I guess, dry, <laughs> dark, humid, or not humid, not sorry, humid, dry, dry and dark mm -hmm. room works quite well. So it's been around for thousands of years, you know, for, for people that believe in like, you know, magical bible stuff i mean there's some people that even say it was like there's terms in the bible you know even if we don't take away the bible and use it as a historic book it's been written for thousands of years there might be terms in there so that burial they've actually carbon dated everything so it's real he was buried with his uh, saddle and all his worldly possessions everything's come back to that so it could date. have been like the first plant on the planet 
You know, we're hoping, hoping <laughs> that would have been smart. Sounds, yeah, it would have right. It would have been smart. Would have dealt with a lot of addiction and yeah. death that we get from all the other problems. Absolutely, which I want to so, kind of go back to as well. Okay. It was go the migraine it. was one yeah. situation, then uh, severe pain in my shoulders, hips, um, neck. Uh, that was later on diagnosed as Ehlers Danlos syndrome. Um, at first, fibromyalgia, but in the end, it, it seems to be all together with it. Can uh, I just Ehlers interrupt Danlos. for two seconds, yep. just to explain what Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is a connective tissue disorder that causes all your joints to be hypermobile. And uh, I'm not going to go into any diagnosis today, but it causes significant amount of pain, it causes dislocations, like causes breaks. Sleeping is a nightmare yeah. because you're you're actually unconscious, and of course. I'm always trying to hold myself together. You'll see my shoulders up and into place. I'm doing that on purpose by just leaving everything hanging down or lying in bed. Everything pops out of place and sure. you wake up with severe pain. There's no such thing as a, as a full more than hour and a half sleep for me ever. Yeah. <laughs> but that said, prior to that, I was on a lot of opiates, um, an incredible amount. Easily a daily amount of opiates could have easily killed a horse. Um, mm. That was my daily dosage. It's horrible, right? So, uh, so basically, at that point, I had a pain specialist. I wanted to use cannabis, and uh, I proved to him over three years that he knew uh, nothing about it. No, nobody no. did. Uh, if no, no offense, but if you ask a doctor how long they've spent with cannabinoid studies in school, they will tell you not even a minute. Well, they didn't. <laughs> right. I mean, I go around now educating those right. people, but right. for the you know when I even just me seven years ago, which is relative. You've been around fifteen yeah. years longer than that, you know. Nobody knew anything. That's why everybody, you know, they still don't know where the hell to turn. It's been a hard sell. And I say it's a hard sell because you actually have to, I mean, it's there. Antidotally, it's there. Right. Not even antidote. We have tons of studies now. I don't even want to talk about antidote. I have studies. We have studies. They (laughs) just, they don't want to look at those studies. I have more studies probably for the use of cannabinoids than I do for opioids. Correct. And a lot more deaths for opioids. I mean, it's a vicious circle. The opiates are there. So you were on a lot of those things. Uh, so what I'm not even on, on one, not even one, on and I haven't been for just cannabis at least five years now. So yeah. you're an example, yeah. purely an example of how, and you're, you work, you're functional, Father, daily life. Single dad, I have a business. Amazing. Um, I grow for myself still. I grow for, uh, I'm a consultant f- under the MMPR for uh, licensed producers. So we talk about MMPR, I'm going to interrupt you a sec. Yeah. That brings us to where we are now, even though the... MMPR, which is the Marijuana for Medical Purposes Regulation, which are the federally governed um, regulations on how cannabis is to be used legally inside Canada mm-hmm. for medical purposes. Even though that's where we are right now, that that shit is changing as well. August. That's going to be changing by August. Right. But let's go back to that. So you were for, I don't know, you were 15, you started self-medicating and you were on whole ton of medications, wasn't working, blah, blah. At 13 years old, I was actually taking uh, Demerol to school. That's crazy. Imagine. Yeah, it's crazy. You can never do that today. Well, you know, in Canada, we have the largest relative per capita problem with opioid abuse in the entire world. I believe it. Yeah, so we're saving, I mean, cannabis, I believe... Well, is a massive game changer, mm-hmm. but we have to understand where we where. We, so that's where we were. And at that time, there was nothing. There was no MMPR, no MMAR, which was the first thing. How did you get into that? So where cannabis has come from just, you know, street side cannabis was, I guess, in the late 90s uh, and into 2001, the government came up with this thing called the MMAR, Marijuana yeah. for Medical. No, 
Prior to that was Section 56. Oh, that was okay. 19. So tell me about it. Yeah, tell me so about that was 1995. What happened? Uh, a group of individuals, I think there was 18 or 20 of them here in Ontario, um, really fought for their right to use cannabis. And at that time was called a Section 56 exemption. You could go to your doctor. And if you have tried all conventional therapies and they had failed, your doctor could write you out a Section 56 exemption. Has there ever been any other medication I could think of where you have to write out like four i remember filling out like pages and pages in order to get a medication it makes no sense anyways go for on. a medication that's never killed a person right ever directly we can argue that direct i mean indirectly right. you get in a car and drive you may get in an accident fine but yeah but directly we don't we there's no there's really you'd be sleeping if you could eat enough cannabis to kill yourself you'd probably be sleeping before that. Like this, you'd fill this whole room up right. or you'd be really full. And I'll go to the average person Fine. who doesn't use opiates yeah. and goes and gets a wisdom, wisdom tooth removed and Boom. gets 20 Percocet for the first time. Right, crazy. He potentially Death. could die Death. that night. 100%. Absolutely. Totally agree. Okay, sorry. Back to, uh, we, we digressed. <laughs> so um, so back to Section MM. 56 yeah. exemption, 95. Yeah. Uh, Neuron, um, Wayne Robinson, uh, Alison Murden, a whole bunch of people from here went to their doctors and they had a Section 56 exemption. That lasted until the year 99 or 2000, at which point the same individuals kept going to court because, of course, here they are with an exemption. And yet, what does it really exempt you from? If they got stopped Nothing. or pulled You're over? stopped everywhere. I mean, yeah. so it got to the point where the government itself had to look and say, listen, this is not how we can treat our sick and dying Canadians. We have to think of a regulatory scheme that's going to so help them. Yeah. So the MMR was created. That's not what happened with it, but right. that was the intent right. so <laughs> in what, the beginning. Right. So the MMAR is the, mar the uh, Medical, Medical Marijuana, Marijuana Access, Access Regulations. Right. That came around 2001. Yeah. And what that said is it, it was a little messed up itself. You go to a physician, mm. you actually don't get a prescription it's not like you're saying hey doc can you write me a script for cannabis right all it is was it was and like sort of like an affidavit or an affirmation affirmation that you're using cannabis so you go to the doc doc i'm using cannabis because nothing else is working right and they give you three options you can either grow it yourself hire somebody to grow for you or get it from health canada that used a place that right. and, and you actually said can. something really interesting that doesn't happen with anything else when you go to a doctor which is you walk in and you tell the doctor that you need cannabis right. because you would never be able to walk in and it's, tell your problems. And the doctor said, oh, I know what you need. You need cannabis. Right. Well, <laughs> so now you would. Today, yes. Today, because today. it's a lot safer and yes. doctors know that. Yeah. Same cannabis. They're, they're coming out. I get 50 to 60 consults a week coming through my clinic right. requesting you know, evaluation for medical cannabis right. because doctors are now noticing that People don't want those medications anymore. No. They don't want they don't want opioids. They don't want all those other medications that are literally killing them, making them dysfunctional, not fucking working at all. Right? Absolutely. And and here and Walking here, here's a little zombies. here's a little tidbit of info to go with that. Uh, working with the, under the MMPR and being a master grower and being involved with daily functions at some of these places. <laughs> you know, we totally digressed again because we didn't even talk about it. Anyway, go yeah. on. I don't care. I do get Fine. to see some uh, some stuff coming through the MMPR, and it goes to show you that the average age of the MMPR user is 45 and over male. Okay. Yeah. It's not your average uh, 19 year old kid who wants to right. get high on the street. Right. Yeah. Right. Cannabis so. use has gone down since 2010. Right. We've gone down to like. Uh, oh, there's way better designer like drugs that'll do harm. That's true. There are, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> What's cannabis? Molly. Yay. Yeah. yeah. No, horrible. All right. So, MMAR, what happened? So, it allows you to do those things. So, you got on board at that time. What did you do? You. So, basically, you started I started a really cool 
yeah, collective. I grew, I grew awesome. for myself at first in my yeah. basement of my home. Yeah. And then I realized that it's a fairly large basement. And, uh, of course, economy of scale. So I thought, well, you're allowed to have four people at one address. I'm myself. I can fit three other people here. I know what I'm doing. Um, and that's what I did. I started renting out the space and then consulting on how to grow cannabis. And that was the, I was the very first cannabis consultant in uh, 2008. Uh, they did a little story in the Hamilton spec. They put consultant in uh, quotations because they still weren't, yeah. you know, they still weren't really sure about the whole yeah, sure, consultant thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's how it started for me. And uh, it went, and that's how it went. 2004 started, 2003 and four grew, and then 2007 kind of took it to the next step and, and thought, you know what, I'm going to, uh, I got my first greenhouse. Uh, we were putting people in there, growing four, four, pe- four individuals per so address. One of the coolest things that I think you ever did was you were pretty much giving away your cannabis. You can't legally do that. I get the whole idea, but people were charging. You took cannabis off the street, to yeah sure we didn't have quality assurance yet and that's still one of my biggest pet peeves with the yeah. self-grow idea is that we we don't know because there are there are different um bacteria and different uh fungi that you know grow in cannabis that's not quality we assured. would love to be able to test i totally agree we that's amazing to to that's test. what I, but what you did one of the coolest things you did is you weren't char- you weren't looking for the money no i know that because so, there's people on the street selling cannabis for lots of money and you were pretty much giving it away and you, i had patients because they were coming yeah. coming in and they were and and they they still can't afford it yeah. but they were able to get cannabis at a very reasonable price and i still give it away you do to this day i still give yeah. it away i still there's going to be people out there watching that receive packages every month or so for free i don't uh they've been long standing that they've been medicated friends yeah. now they yeah. came to me with the most horrible stories you'd ever I, want to imagine well i see i see a lot of them well, so I, I know there you go yeah. you know so there's still a handful that i i still mail stuff out to them for free without a penny prior to that it was 30 dollars an ounce if i was growing for you consulting for you pretty much um that was unheard of uh so if People had 10 grams a day, 20 grams a day, 25 grams a day. It didn't matter. Uh, I, would, I know that's crazy. It sounds like a lot of lot of cannabis. It, it does, but, but we'll get into something here that I'll show you that's not actually well, as much as you actually okay. think it might be. It's Okay. It's that's, all about That's ha- fair. If you're yeah. using just trichome, that's totally cool. It's all about how so you use So MMAR it. transitions to the MMPR. Right. right? 2012. So that happened 2012. Yeah. And from a medical perspective, I thought it was excellent. From an advocacy, I know you guys, you know, and a patient's perspective, you think it's shit. Is that because of the expense? So let me explain what the what it is first. So in 2012, um, Health Canada was uh, was told they have to switch the program, Mm. Uh, and the program comes down to they're going to transition from the MMAR to the MMPR, the medical or the medical. The reasons why the marijuana for medical purposes regulation act Mm -hmm. for a physician it was great because what Health Canada said I was having huge amount of problems getting getting through to Health Canada and if patients weren't showing up because they just wanted to, you know, um, divert their cannabis, right. there was lots of issues. Yeah, I mean, thumb syndrome. Yeah, I mean, look at, yeah. look at me. I mean, we, I, we've both been taken through the ringer over what we do and we're yeah. still doing it because we're obviously doing something right. Yeah. People know it, but there was a problem with that. So what happened was the MMPR comes out and says, Health Canada says, we're no longer distributing cannabis. We're going to appoint people pharmaceutical companies or other kind, anybody that wants to apply that meets rigorous criteria for both security Mm -hmm. and safety and quality assurance. And you can buy your cannabis from them. Mm -hmm. 
and they'll grow it and they'll sell it to you. That's the only way you guys are going to be able to get your cannabis. Purchasing it sight, sight unseen. So, okay, so there's a problem. Hmm. Purchasing sight un, unseen. I think that's going to change now right. in the future. But so. from a medical perspective, f- for us... It brings quality assurance because now we know what the product is. We know how much THC is in there, Mm -hmm. how much CBD. CBD, And for those who don't know, there are a whole bunch of different cannabinoids, which are the active ingredients or the ingredients that can become active within the plant itself that all have different purposes. There's over a hundred of them. And I'm sure you can show us some of that stuff because you got really cool shit going on here and we'll look at that. But the what it really did for the physician is it brought it into the medical realm. It now says we have quality, we have uh, distribution that's not and secondary gain and all those things are a were able to control better for those and it allowed us to do more studies it brought brought it really into the medical field and for me legitimized it for you guys that and but that's where i really see its application right you know i see its application in pain in seizure in uh well mostly pain syndromes and nausea and hiv and cancer all these things that we have we have evidence for that's really helpful and Mm. and so bringing it to that place sort of brings it the same way that we have other medications. And so patients are more, are happier and more familiar with it. Um, my population totally changed. My average patient, yeah, it might be 47, but it's female. Hmm. And, uh, and I have patients who are up in their 90s asking me, how do I use this stuff? So obviously I have protocols, we've developed all these things, so patients now know how to do those. But the MMPR really helped us. But then along came Allard, and I'm not saying he did it for, I mean, for, for a bad reason, uh, out in, in BC, and uh, the government comes down and says, well, it was a constitutional challenge, saying we need to be able to grow our own medication. So for me, growing your own medication would be like, go plant your own rhubarb and treat your blood pressure. I'm like, that's just crazy. You know, it was fine. But if rhubarb could lower uh, it, your blood okay, pressure, okay. But it was fine two hundred years ago. We're we, we're you know it was fine when you lived till age thirty five. We're living into our nineties, and it's not because we were planting our own seeds and growing our own medication. It's because we have the scientific method in place, and we have ways to uh, prolong our life that aren't just you know out of out of out of the ground. Like I mean, obviously it's all out of the ground. But what I'm trying to say is it's not just you know bro science anymore. We've mm-hmm. taken it off the street, and that's why we live longer. Because we we have those things in place, so my my point is like, why 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 would I want to grow my own plant when I know that people have been doing it for thirty five hundred years, but they've also been living till they're twenty five thirty five years old and dying. Right, we're living into our eighties now, and I look at why we do that, and that's because we have science and we have those things in place. Now I'm not saying big pharma and all this shit is good, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that we need that quality assurance. Because I'm sure lots of people were dying because they didn't know what the hell they were really growing, right? Were they, were they eating some plant that who the hell knows? Well, let's take a chance, you know? So I think we could actually group this into three categories. One we haven't really talked about, which is probably the one you're talking about the most, but don't get to see as much as a physician. Okay. So we have your patient who's growing for themselves, who wants to do the best they can for themselves. I mean, no one's better, no one's their bigger advocate than yourself when you're trying to heal yourself. Right. Um, Fair enough. Fair okay. Um, yeah. Then, of course, you have your LP market, which is uh, your li- so what is license an LP? Pro- your licensed producer. So they're the guys is, that grow cannabis right, under have the only all way the to tests. Get yeah. um, but what? But the big one that that really talks to all of these situations that you're talking about the unsafe part of the cannabis 
could potentially be the real black market. And I've seen some of these as a consultant. I've been called with property owners that own warehouses. And they're like, hey, listen, you've got to come see what they've done to my warehouse. And I'll get down there. I can tell by the writing on the walls and the posters and the calendars. It's a foreign group of people. Um, the chemicals in which they're using in their watering stations are chemicals that are added to the water to actually poison the plant. So the plant itself is poisoned. So when a spider, met, spider mite goes to bite it, spider mites are worst enemy. It's the, it's the end of your crop. Okay. Right. Uh, when you're growing for yourself, you don't use those chemicals because they're nasty. But when you're growing for pure profit, like the pure black market is, and these individuals that have these large operations that are just who knows what they're doing with it, but that does end up at the, a, a patient's house. If they don't know, they can purchase that. But that stuff, um, it is full of chemicals. They use everything that they can to make sure that a spider mite infestation doesn't uh, So how doesn't do we occur. avoid that? So, you how know, do we avoid that in the future? Because now that we have out, now that we have these laws changing again, right. that say that the some the court the obviously the defense would like the the government put up a really not not probably a very strong defense. They never came to me. Right. Nobody's asked me, and I don't think there's another physician in this country who's clinically done more and seen more patients and, and done more than, right. than I really have. And if they, uh, and if there they, are others, of absolutely. course, uh, and if that they I owe homage to for sure. Right. But they, anyway, they never came to me, never came to you. Right. <laughs> I'll tell but if that. they did come to you, yeah. then I would, in my defense, say, hey, listen, I'm trying to get better. I'm right. being in my basement. Right. It is this third set of yeah. individuals okay. that... Even the government gets more pissed off about that because, you know, there goes the tax money as well. So it's unreported. There's no tax money. There's no, it's it just, it's invisible money. Well, that's coming. And then it's, and that's then coming it's, in August. Right. So that's going to come, but I think it's going to come more for the patients themselves. Yes. Right, right so, now it's coming for the patients. Right. So August 24th, we're going to have an, uh, some kind of something new coming out where it's going to be MMPR, MMAR, how they fit together. It might even be named just one acronym. That's going to change slightly and encompass the two, but it basically will let you grow at home. I do believe that those people that will be able to grow at home are going to be required to get ESA permits, just like our larger locations do. Um, you're going to have to probably send a letter out to the police chiefs, uh, fire department. You're probably going to have home inspections. You are probably going to have to open the door for an inspector in your own home whereas in the past if they showed up you could just tell them hey my right to privacy supersedes your your bylaw for inspection mm -hmm. and close the door on their face I, I believe they're going to take that away from us um and what for me i i know that growing is not easy that uh they're growing probably tough. they're going to probably diminish all the plant counts so people that were 25 grams a day that had uh you know 55 plants or 49 plants they're going to cut them down as well so it's going to be interesting because it, if you only are allowed six plants or five plants it's what's going to happen in my i mean it, it hurts medicine for sure mm -hmm. so the new law coming out on the 24th 27th sometime in the end of august uh, because of the case in British Columbia, said so, you know the constitutional challenge they won. Patients should be able to grow their own medication because it's not. Aff they used affordability, I think, was a major issue. Right. And yes, affordability is tough. I mean, but there. I mean, I can look at hepatitis uh, medications that are not covered at all, and I mean they're costing you eleven thousand to twenty five thousand right. dollars. 
and uh, nobody's growing them in their basement. But at the same time, I do understand that there needs yeah, but to that be money, a, that there money needs is, to be a compassion. Yeah. I, uh, you yeah. and I, I think are on the same page yeah, yeah, when it yeah, comes yeah. to yeah. compassion. Yeah. Would we agree? Because we, yeah, I mean, we sit with <laughs> LPs, we've sat with them yeah. in the past, and we've argued the case for patience. Absolutely, because I think that's affordability. The one. Affordability is key. What the hell is the use of a medication if you can't fucking? Use I want it? our patients to grow, but if the LPs really got together and thought about what they were doing and and charged a decent rate. They Pricing's would have, all over the place now. Yeah, right? they they would have they would have been able to keep their monopoly, but because yeah. they did not, that in itself, don't forget, they came to court. They took us to court on the premise that it was unsafe to grow at home because of fire and mold. And in the end, as it turns out, uh, their own experts didn't bring any evidence at all. Not even one case. Right. Of course, of they did. Fire theft. Right. Or diversion. Well, I mean, there's been there's been fires, but I'm, I'm assuming there's fires. You're still. more likely to get a fire over right. a grease fire than in your man. If you don't know what you're doing, it could right. be dangerous. Sure. Is that am I correct in saying that, or am I totally off? Absolutely. So does taking. So you aspirin. need the people. Okay, so taking an aspirin. <laughs> yes. Okay. So taking an aspirin does. Yeah, I agree with you. It probably should be a medication that is a prescription. But anyways, <laughs> I also it should. It probably would be if we had the FDA when 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 aspirin was around. Right. Um. So, uh, I think the biggest problem now because these laws are coming back and saying patients can grow for themselves, it's going to be a big issue. From a medical perspective, I really don't like the idea that patients are growing their own medication. Not because I don't think it's okay to grow your own medication. I mean, maybe I have an issue. Obviously, I have a little bit of an issue with it. But because I don't think they know what they're doing. Uh, and I don't think they'll be able They'll be testing their strains appropriately. Quality assurance isn't going to be there. How am I going to know you're not growing perfringence like different fungi and uh and bacteria i mean you know just from being with lps that even the lp using their specific techniques are st still have issues and they have recalls all the time i just smelled some cannabis last week that smelled like a dirty basement yeah. like it, it's just not good yeah so how are we going to assure the future that that doesn't happen in a medical environment i don't know in a recreational world you want to go do you don't need my permission to smoke pot I, you know what I mean? It's funny you say about the smell, the smell itself. The smell itself is created because of the way the MMPR operates. Because of this uh, fear of a microbial load that they don't take the curing process seriously. Really? Right. Because ourselves, what's curing? Curing is a slow... Is a, Been around forever. And it's a, it's a controlled fermentation. It's changing starch over to sugar. So you have to... Keep it slightly warm, slightly moist. At the same time, it can't get over that threshold. Then you've got to dry it off. Then it goes back in the process. And this process goes back and forth uh, to a point where you really do get your aromas and it burns nicely. With a licensed producer, that step to any quality assurance person is just counterintuitive. What? Why? Because they're... Oh, because they're trying to avoid that. Well, exactly. Uh-huh. So... The over-drying is a problem throughout. The non-curing is an issue throughout. Mm. As much as they want to cure, they're not really curing because the moisture levels have dropped off when you need it the most. So the smell, even though you say, you know, hey, the smell smells horrible, they're actually doing it to make sure they don't have any issues getting it tested. <laughs> okay. So, so where are we going? So what's happening? What's going to be now? So we know the MMPR is going to be thrown out somehow. And it's coming and medical patients are going to grow them up. I still firmly believe that we're going to have a large 
uh, medical population. Absolutely. I mean, my patients, a lot of them, I would say 50, 60 to 70 percent of my patients are naive to cannabis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they're not interested in, in the recreational use. I'll probably right. lose a certain percentage, but I'm not here for med- for recreational use. I'm there for the medical uh, use of cannabinoids to save lives from all the other drugs that they've been taking. Can you tell I don't like other drugs? But anyways, right. point being that uh, I'm I'm super concerned about growing. And I don't know where about patients growing their own medication. Now, sure, it'll probably be 10% of the population because mm-hmm. honestly, most people don't want to grow. It's easier to go somewhere. You can't else. go on vacation. You can't go. Yeah. You don't. You, you have your children at home. So talk about home. that. Talk about you. You're okay. a master grower. So, talk about the that process yeah, so of growing. You grow at home. Now, unless you are truly sick that you can't leave the house, growing at home could be a, a viable option for you. You're going to... It's a little bit of exercise. There's a thought process involved. It's actually quite therapeutic. Okay. Now, that said, if you still work, if you have children, if you have an, a wife who's not an ex-wife yet, but is not really on board about your <laughs> cannabis use. Or husband. Yeah. I do want to add or that husband, yeah. one of the best things, and this is totally an aside, one of the, what I really like about the cannabis environment is that it developed so late. It's mm. developed like the the entrepreneurial mind for cannabinoids has developed in the last ten years, mm. which means we're not stuck in this in this um, paternalistic, uh, old school uh, male mentality, right. male dominated world. Right. C- cannabis and cannabis entrepreneurs. I mean, we're we're at fifty five percent women, which I think is amazing because we're looking at equality in cannabis. And the cannabis world is one of those areas that is showing that you don't have to be. A, uh, a chauvinist male in order to in order to run a business, and I think it's amazing. Anyways, so out of sorry, all the designated growers that I've that just, I've hired over the ex, years, we, we all have X Ys. But I'm talking about I'm talking about and ex-husbands I'm gonna, exist too. And I'm going to support your <laughs> I'm going to support what you're saying here. Yeah, yeah, out of all okay. the designated growers I've had in the past, I look back and some of well, if not the best, were women. Yeah, and didn't know anything coming in, and within seven, eight, nine months, caught up to every guy I've ever taught, and you only—it's amazing. And I they think seem it's great. To retain There's more it a bit women, more. and it's a women. Women are driving it yeah. in the U.S. It's happening yeah. as well, and I think that's amazing. Anyway, going back to what you were saying, right? About, so you have to deal with about? with all those things. Uh, so basically, you know, your employment, right? You know, employment, you get you have called any into your stuff. manager's yeah. room. What's this? I hear you use cannabis. It's medicinal. The Here's growing my part. license. We're talking about going on vacation. You know, it's not going to happen. Everything, your whole life, your whole life. There's no, doesn't matter how good you are at your job. There's no advancement to upper management when you're a cannabis user. Right. Doesn't matter how good you are. Okay. Doesn't matter. They will leave that position if you've applied for it open until you either die or leave. But they're not going to hire anybody even, because you're more qualified, but you're not going to go. Hold on. What are we talking about? I think we're talking about two different well, things. Well, the things in which cannabis, cannabis no, can... I'm talking about how hard it is to grow. That's what we were well, talking about. If well, you have a job, if you have an ex-wife or husband, or right. if you want to go on vacation, that that's not going to happen because you've got to no. grow those plants. They need lots of love. Your kids, we can move on to you're your not going to grow in the down world the street later. Right. aren't going to come over. Right. I, I've had to go through that. You right. know? So you don't want that. You don't want that. It's growing is not simple. Not saying it's bad, and if it's therapeutic, like you were talking about, to some, yeah, to some. I mean, I think it can be. Farming at the end of the day is like a base instinct of of humanity. That's yeah. where we started, and it's farming, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so it's not easy to do that. Th- yeah. Those things. So most people who think they can, and I've had a lot of patients try to start that way, 
and then be like, I can't grow anymore. To um, grow consistently is very hard. You know what I mean? It Everyone is. grows the first time. It's one of their best grows. You start talking about work. Right. What were you talking about? Uh, just, just. Um, what were we talking about? Just cannabis and how can it, even though I'm licensed. I sound very Canadian, a, first of all. Do you hear me say about? About? Anyway, about, uh, about cannabis. And even oh. though I'm being licensed, how it can basically stigmatize you no matter what. Yeah, it can. I mean, it doesn't matter so, what you've got going on. It's, it's, a, it's an issue sometimes. you got a whole bunch of stuff here. Yes. Yes. You're talking about growing. Talking about being a master grower. We want right. to learn some stuff. I'll, you showed me a whole lot of these things. Yep. Over the Let's years. Let's go through this. What do you have here and what's going on? But I do, I, man, I, I got my rabbi here. <laughs> he wants to learn. Yeah. That's that little guy. I see him there, yeah. Hmm? Um, Wait, can, can I have my little, let's, is this my rabbi? He's cool. He's sort of like, remember the Blues Brothers? Yeah. Yeah, so he sort of looks like Belushi right there. <laughs> he sure know. does, yeah. Anyway, but he sings too. <laughs> it's Passover, so nice. we're doing it. Anyway, this guy wants to learn too. So we're, we're going right. to do it. No so problem. tell me what you got going on. I don't know. I don't know why I have. Actually, I also, I'm going to throw something at you in a sec. Okay, go. Show us no, this stuff. No problem. So there's a million different ways in which to use cannabis. There's a traditional way of smoking, inhaling it, the vapor, smoking a joint. Those are the fastest ways to titrate. Okay, but we don't. Okay, fair enough. We talk about smoking. We're going to go back and forth and having a smoking issue here. I do not recommend smoking to anybody. Combustion yeah. is bad. How about vaporizing? Sure. Vaporizing for sure. I don't think vaporizing is great. And I use it as a form of quick acting cannabis. We know very, or medicating. We know very, we know the pharmacodynamics very well. We know how quick it's going to go. It's going to onset in five minutes. It's going to offset by 45, at least the acute phase. It's going to be gone by that time. Vaporizing is fine. And what vaporizing is, it heats cannabis to a point that doesn't cause combustion, Mm. but causes the actual cannabinoid, which you're going to show us, to become effective. Or the crystal, which is inside, you're going to Call a trike, which is a trichome, yeah. and it causes it to become effective. Smoking is smoking is bad. I don't care. Nobody, anybody that wants to tell me smoking is okay and smoking somehow smoking a doobie or smoking a joint or a blunt or whatever is okay for you because mm. it's not going to cause cancer. I'll like honestly, why would you smoke a plant? Like, why would you take something that's so awesome and burn the shit out of it? It just doesn't. What make about sense. those people with uh, like uh, severe epilepsy that have been if they use a bag. Use a bag over a volcano. Vaporize. What if they're on the it's bus? Quick. So use a little vaporizer. It takes two seconds. Mm-hmm. And I agree. It, I mean, it does. It just I'm takes playing devil's seconds. advocate here. I know. That's totally <laughs> fine. But like, it's totally fine. I just think, anyway, I think that smoking, you can't argue. I don't think anybody can argue that smoking is not bad, is bad for you. Right. You know, it is like, and I use this example for doctors. It would be like me telling my patient to go home, even or a doctor, I don't prescribe opioids, but if I did... And I told them, go take this Percocet or whatever they're taking, their opioid at home, to be like, go melt it and freebase it. And you know what I mean? Like, and you're sticking it up. Like, just don't do it. So vaporizing. So they're banning, anyway. they're banning vapor. They're banning vaporizing. Our period. government is like... Yeah, is, Ontario government's banning they've vaporizing. They've gone backwards. Now, I've never heard they're of They're calling about the e-cigarette ban, but they're, talk, they're calling on all vaping. Because don't forget, we basically are using our cannabis oil, mixing it with... with um, PPG, which is what is a pharma 
pharma-grade glycol, okay? Oh, propylene glycol. Uh, propylene glycol, okay, which is what they're using in the e-cigarettes. Okay, I want to talk about this, but I want you to show me this yeah. stuff first. We could come back and talk about this later on. I want this stuff to... All right, so basically, we'll start show with, we'll start with the glandular here. heads, okay? So, so people can figure this out. This is just out. a screen. You can see through it, Okay. It's a micron screen of about 125 microns. You made that. Uh, my friend made this for me in, in uh, a very long time ago, 20 some odd years ago. So Adam, you thank here? you very much, my brother. <laughs> so, And you're a medical user who has a medical yes. license yes. or has a prescription for cannabis. So yes. this is all very 100% okay. I have a prescription through an LP and I also have my... Uh, I retained the grandfather my, thing. Right. We can talk about that another time. Injection. It's just a whole bunch of... Okay, I'm gonna throw questions. You keep going. I'm so what we oh, have here. I have is, my card back. Here. Cannabis comes in uh, several. Got it. Let's say groups. There's a uh, sativa, indica, and for argument's sake, we'll even talk about ruderalis, which is a. Uh, Sorry. So what's the difference? So people talk about sativas, indicas, ruderalis, all this kind of thing. I look at THC. I look at CBD. Mm -hmm. There are CBG, CBN, CBC, a whole bunch of different cannabinoids. I don't necessarily look at look at the cannabis plant through sativas and indicas, right. but maybe you can talk about what they are while you're pulling. Wow, so, those so really, the nice, sativa and part. indica really uh, dictate um, what where the plant came from historically in the world. Okay, so indica plants uh, grew in places that had a definite winter. In other words, they were going to die in the fall. Okay, they have to produce seeds before the fall comes or after the fall before winter comes because they will actually it's like Game of Thrones. Anyway, winter okay. forget now anyway, totally aside a sativa. Okay, is from an equatorial um, location and it can actually survive past its um, initial harvesting time. So in other words, it can grow uh, taller. It's, it, it's taller just by but just by definition by design longer leaves but it can basically uh, live if it gets past the dry season and it rains again it can live and it can live for years and years that plant itself regrowing itself whereas an indica species uh, comes from altitude well comes from uh, countries that basically have a winter okay mm -hmm. so this in other words an indica very small short and this is an indica you This is an up? indica, yeah. You can see that. I the, can smell it. Yeah, the buds are much thicker. Okay, now, now that said, difference indica, sativa, it's geographical. Can I just interrupt yeah. for one second? You know what I think is one of the coolest things as well about cannabis? What's that? For, even from a medical perspective, it's a full experience for a person, for a patient. You want to use a medication. Talk about empowering patients to be in charge of their own medicine. You can't just say, go home and take this pill. You've got to educate yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. Right? So it makes it difficult, but at the same time, it's kind of neat. Anyways, go on. A first-time cannabis user can use cannabis for the rest of their life if they do it proper, or they can just screw it up the very first time yeah. they use it. I always tell people, just go slow. Okay. If you're going to use stuff. a joint or whatever it is, a nibble if you're going to eat it, a, a puff and put it out if it's going to smoke a joint. There's nothing worse than... Because, you know, you watch TV and they, watch, they, they smoke a joint. They're laughing and all this. I can't stand that stuff. That's Drives not how it happens. And Correct. what happens is a lot of people become yeah. sometimes overwhelmed because it's a new feeling. Mm -hmm. And they get paranoid and they get anxious. But we can avoid that. Absolutely. Because, Take a know. puff, put it out, get used to it. That's what I do with my protocols. We don't puff at all. Right. Like I said, smoking's bad. Vaporizing, totally cool. Mm. Um, but yes, start slow. Start very low. Yeah. Go slow. And also, 
only THC is psychoactive effects whatsoever anyways. Some people will argue with me because they do it, but I'm telling you, I don't. But if I open a bottle of uh, whiskey or whatever, doesn't mean you got to drink the whole thing. Right. Okay. Right. Same thing. You roll a joint, that joint can last uh, all day okay. with some people. We're going to talk about rolling joints that we never going <laughs> to vaporize. You your cookie. Your okay. Damn if you- <laughs> cookie. Yeah, okay. Making your cookie. Eat half of your cookie. Anyway. True, true enough. Go on. Show us what you got here. So basically, this is just a box with a micron screen. We're going to do the indica first, okay, which has traditionally been used in these countries like Afghanistan, Morocco, uh, these countries generally grew indica because they didn't sell the cannabis they would actually sell hashish and the way what hashish is actually is if you watch, can we see i want just want to see what's going on inside there's that there's a bit of magic here and all we're doing is just kind of moving the, this cannabis around the cannabis itself has a glandular head um that's called the trichome so it's basically a little stalk with a round ball. While the plant's alive, it is soft. The cell will break. That's why it's sticky and smelly. All right. So now what we've done is basically well, you do that. I'm smash it up a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to basically take the the real medicine, which is right here. And this is these are the trichomes. That's uh, the active ingredient right there. So how much cannabis? Now, how much dry plant did you need to get that? You get about uh, two grams per ounce, pretty uh, much. Now, I didn't go through it the whole time, but basically right here is the actual medicine, okay? That's it right there. All your compounds are stuck in those glandular heads. Together, those glandular heads, we just we talk about them as keef. Keef, okay? otherwise known as a trichome. Right, okay? So now, uh, basically, Let's this is... It's not lighted in here. No, we're not going to light it. Oh. We're just going to melt it down a bit. So I want you guys to see, because when you talk about hashish, oh, right. and, it, and hashish is legal, yes. people right away think it's another... Like it's, Plant altogether. Oh, my God. Like, what is it? So I'm going to show you what it is. So basically, these are the, tricular, uh, the, these are the trichome heads, the granular heads, okay, okay. from the trichomes themselves. Yep. Uh, and some stalks. They've been sifted through a 125 micron screen. That has been right here it's now been collected okay yep. and that is basically your trichomes here now if we were to take this this is the base of everything almost every all the cannabis uh, um, products out there so now if we take that we're just going to add a little bit of heat i want to be able to show you guys this by adding some heat it melts the heads they get stuck to my finger right away and i'm just gonna keep doing that and it gets sticky it, it is it's very sticky now and what's that so traditionally, now what we have is, this is now hashish. See that? It's like magic. So, <laughs> so, that, that's, so that's hashish, much. which is really... All it is is cannabis heated up. That's all it is. And it's just the good parts of the cannabis. Right. Okay. I know you don't like to talk about smoking. No. But when you do smoke, okay, doctors in Health Canada will tell you, oh, don't smoke cannabis. It's uh, the smoke Hold on. Is, there are no doctors. What do you mean doctors in well, Health in Canada? Uh, well, I don't know if there is or not. I mean, I'm sure they have physicians. I know like, that back in the they're day. They're definitely not prescribing. I cannabis. went to my doctor yeah. and Health Canada had sent them. Wow, that's kind of neat. Yeah, Health Canada had sent them a uh, uh, guidance document. And yes. They, they and have, it basically yeah. said that the average is three to five grams per day. And yeah. cannabis smoke is constituted with the same chemicals as you would find in tobacco smoke. Let's, for sake of argument, say that there is some. So, see, I think that's what needs to be cleared. But, hold on. Combustion contain like if I burn 
a plant. I right. don't care what plant I'm burning. It's got crap in exactly. it. That's no good. Exactly. So we're not talking talking directly about cannabinoids. Right. I'm not talking about what kind of plant it is. We're saying because cannabis has antioxidants. Right. But burning the damn antioxidants don't make it good for you. Right. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. Okay. okay. Go on. And, and 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 that's my yeah. defense as well, right. really. Which is basically don't have to smoke it. Yeah. When you can actually Just get the trichomes and extract trichomes in yeah. butter for food, totally. extract trichomes with, with screens. So you just took the trichome and made hashish or yeah. whatever. I made hashish there. Now you can do the same thing. You can get trichomes, gather your trichomes, put your trichomes with alcohol. That melts the walls and it becomes suspended in a, what's well, a suspension? In alcohol. Then the alcohol is evaporated and what's left is oil. Okay, and that is basically uh, some of the producers now are are, are making oil. Are making oil. So part of the MMPR, it's legal to make oils, which are still, in my mind, safer than even probably vape. Excuse me, vaporizing. Yes, but they can only make the non-psychoactive CBD oil right now under the MMPR, which leaves everybody else at home still making a higher uh, THC type of oil. I so, mean, if we're t- we're talking about the you know through uh, CO2 extraction methods and things like that, not using alcohol as right. an extraction method, but then also decarboxylation and then talking about... Tr- like, there's so many things we could talk about. Anyway, this is you the first You can decarb go. your plant so matter. So just tell us this last thing. What do you got yeah. going on there? So, so this is... I got to ask you some questions. So this is uh, high, high grade, high THC up. cannabis yeah. oil. Okay, yeah. basically it's trichomes put in ethanol, filtered, and then evaporated Okay, to get the goodies, which is really... This is... If you look here, you'll see the color is very goldish color. Yep. Which is uh, pretty much what you want. It's very high, high, high uh, THC, this one. Okay. This is not for your novice. I need to cut away that as well. Yeah. And also, I do want to clarify, okay, as a physician, high THC isn't always what you want. Right. It also depends on what you're trying to medicate for, right? Right. Things like PTSD, THC is useful, nausea, cachexia, anorexia. It's good for those things. Right. Pains, even certain types of pain syndromes, a little bit of THC is okay. Now, uh, the percentages are, are a whole different story, and we'll, I'll talk about that in another mm. uh, another episode. Uh, actually, that's a great episode for another talk, talking about percentages. So I, I want to I just mention one last thing about THC. You're talking about high concentration THC. Mm. When we talk about concentrations and percentages and percent THC, 9% versus 24%, and we talk about what the medical colleges have all sort of tried to describe, they don't really know what they're talking about. They've asked the wrong people about what it even means. Right. But, I mean, and I'll talk about that in another episode. It's a great idea to talk about percentages of cannabinoids. I'm going to have you back. We're going to talk about percentages of cannabinoids. But depending on what you're trying to medicate for, you don't always want THC. Right. THC is the stuff that is responsible for that you responsible for the euphoria. Mm-hmm. But it's also and responsible for anorexia, cachexia, nausea, um, in certain types of pain modulation. But CBD, the stuff that has no psycho, actually THC is the only ingredient that has any psychoactive effect whatsoever. But the other 
hundred cannabinoids that are useful. And specifically, we talk about cannabidiol, CBD. That stuff is good for pain, inflammation, and even for Ehlers-Danlos. But we don't always want high THC. But in, anyways, I'm just saying that because this is high THC. You don't always just want high THC. Sure. Not all. I mean, we'll what, talk about it next time. Right. I mean, what, okay. What's what, what's the byproduct of high THC in the body? Like, what's the outcome? A smile? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. You know what's funny? You know they what brought I mean? me on. I was on a show once, and they <laughs> said a know, little bit you, of euphoria. You may and a forget. Smile? Like, yeah. So there was a know. study done in Toronto with memory and THC, and you forget a word, and I'm like. Well, if I have MS and I'm sitting in a chair with my thumb that moves, do I really give a shit if I forget a word or two? Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. big deal. Okay, yeah, fine. So that's that's concentration. That's cool. I'm going to, I want to do one last thing because this is a game. Oh. I don't know what it is. I picked it up today. <laughs> it's called Unleash Your Inner Hippie with the Weed, <laughs> a novelty card game that explores the fine art of growing plants. Nice. So you're a grower. Nice. I'm okay. going to show you the difference here as well while you're talking. Yeah. This is sativa. It's a little bit different. I don't know what this is, but we're going to... Oh, I don't know what this card game is. Oh, this game, I think, is just a... I don't think there's a strategy in this game. I don't know how to use this thing. Okay, I give up. Okay, doctor can't play Why cards. Want me to show Forget the bomb? I'm out of it. Yeah, show okay. the bomb. Okay, I'm moving on from the card game. I can't figure it out. So this is a, a balm salve, some people will call it. Basically, it's a wax, beeswax, olive oil, and trichomes, or if not trichomes, at least the oil, and that's all mixed together, and you, they're using it as a topical uh, cream. So I know that you've had people that have used this in the past and are, yes. and are pretty happy with the yes. results. It is fantastic. We've got some really neat stuff. Um, we have to be careful as well between what people can make on their own right. and what they can go buy right now. Right now, you have to make the extract on your own for it to right. be legal. The key to a bomb is that it has to have some sort of fat con or some sort of content that drags it below the basement membrane in your skin. And I say that with, with that, what I mean by that is cannabinoids are hydrophobic. They hate water, mm -hmm. um, which means they can't pass through the basement membrane, which is all water. So you have to create it with some sort of additive that helps it get through. Superficially great. It helps superficial wounds. I've seen, honestly, I've seen a like a massive diabetic ulcer, like huge. We, I think we've shown you a I couple. I think you're the, yeah. you showed me that. Yeah. Ulcer, like not resolving with Crazy. any medical Five treatment. years like had that. Had a vac, had every medical Everything. possible treatment. Yeah. Three weeks later with a salve, done. Yeah. yeah. I never seen anything like that it's in my crazy. life. Yeah, yeah. Now, do I have other other data for that? Do I do I know that it's going to work? No, but is it going to cause any harm? Right. No, and I think that comes to the last point here with cannabis in general is in the way that I work in my clinic is do no harm and then do everything else you can. Right. If we know that cannabis doesn't do harm anywhere comparatively speaking to what the other medications we use it for. I think we're I think we're in a plus and we just need research to keep going. I think I'm coming from the other end where yeah. I know a lot of and you meet them too, but by the time they get to you they have a doctor. I know a lot of Canadians, I know a lot of people here in Ontario who don't have a family physician. So, I know several that started going to your clinic. And at first they weren't happy about having to pee and doing this or doing that, but in the end it's Believe it or not, strict in the clinic. you know what they've all told me now? Because some of them weren't happy in the beginning. And in the end, they said, you know what, Derek? Looks like I finally have, I can consider him like a family doctor. Because 
even though he's going not for a you, family physician, got to say that, right? But, but they're going right, for cannabis, yes. but you actually want to find out what, yeah, what's going on with them. So a lot of them are getting x-rays for the first time in years, you know, they're doing their tests, uh, even though they have to go every three or four months. Um, it's, they're happy because they're actually seeing a physician a couple times a year. That makes me happy. Yeah. They're like, and those are the very same people that are like, wow, you know, it's so that he was got they, me doing this, but now they can say, you know what? He, I, he's my doctor. Like, I actually feel like I have a doctor now. Well, that's you know? awesome. I'm yeah. glad we can do that. And I'm glad you came. And I'm glad we're going to, this discussion is just starting. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's you've got, a, we're so much yeah. we can talk about yeah. forever. Yeah. So thanks for coming out. Thank you for having and, me. And uh, we got it done. Yeah. I think, Thank uh, you, for having me. you know, we just got to keep that conversation rolling. And if you'd come back, that would be amazing because we have so much to talk about. Absolutely. And I said I about again because I'm Canadian. <laughs> and I'd love to, I can't wait to see where, I mean, it's exciting. It's hard for medicine to figure out where we're going. Nobody's really sure what to do, but uh, that's it. I think that's all we got for today. I mean, we can keep going forever, but I think we just need to stop there. Anything yeah. last? No, that's it. So Derek Pedro, thank you so much for coming out today to our first, very first episode of The Higher Estate. And as the world burns, it's a great name. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, everybody, for making this thing go. And uh, it's taken a long time to get here, but I think this is going to be an excellent journey, and hopefully everybody wants to come down it with us. We're going to educate. We're going to be. We're going to look at cannabis from a perspective that just doesn't exist right now. So thanks again for coming out. 